We are creating a platform for those who are curious, one that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is the Working Artist Project. All right, good afternoon, y'all. Welcome. Um, we are Second Line Arts Collective. My name is Gregory Ajid. We got Darian Douglas in the house. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> And we're joined by the one and only Mr. Max Moran over here in his hey, what's up, cool bro? bass studio with his SM7 yeah. microphone. Yeah. It's borrowed. It's borrowed. Max, borrowed don't SM7. give the secrets behind the curtain away, man. Come on, bro. Sorry, sorry. Did no, you man. borrow those guitars in the background too? I actually don't know how to play any of those. They just—they uh, look good on the wall. Oh, Man, okay. I, I very specifically remember that the black one in the middle because I remember you showed up to the gig one time on a Tuesday and I was like, what the, um, what the, uh, what the heck the is heck? that? <laughs> and you were like, oh, it's, it's a bass, it's an it's acoustic bass guitar. I let my bass to Barry Stevenson because he needed it. And I was like, no. <laughs> I remember That's that. Awesome. But then how'd it go though? How'd the gig go? I know, but I always finish the story by saying I really like the way that that bass <laughs> sounded. <laughs> I was so shocked. I'm still shocked. It's not the instrument; it's the person that plays the instrument. Okay. That's true. Um, for those of you who don't know, Max is uh, an amazing, amazing, amazing bass player, uh, composer, band leader, and um, also a wonderful therapist. <laughs> so really? if, you ever, if you ever need someone to talk to, I would recommend hitting Max up. But uh, okay. Max, how how you doing? What's what's how's the storm looking in Slidell? Man, it, it's uh, <laughs> we're being pummeled with blue skies and sunshine <laughs> at the moment, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's like I feel like this is like the third or fourth hurricane where, um, at least in the last like two or three years, where there's something coming and then it's just immaculate weather for like three days. But yeah. I guess it's better than the other option. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but it's so far so good. That's what's up. Yo, I want to jump right in, Max. And uh, for the people out there, again, Max Moran here is a bass player and the wonderful band leader. He has a band called Neospetric, right? Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. I can't remember all the cats who are in the band, but they some bad dudes. And you can you can look it up on um, Spotify or all the other places. Just type in Max Moran and neospectric and dig the sounds i would say that your music is funk music right yeah uh I, you could say that uh a lot of <laughs> stuff on the record is is funky what um, would you what would you call it i i um i have never come up with a very good answer for that question okay you know we, i got one <laughs> black classical music all right coming from the the new orleans tradition because like new orleans funk is different from like parliament funkadelic funk or like james brown funk you know what i mean it comes from a different place can you can you kind of talk about some of your influences and, and where your music came from yeah yeah man that's that's like a really uh interesting and important distinction that you bring up uh and i'm i mean the first song on the record is heavily infl- influenced by p-funk um so like i love them and they're definitely a big influence but when you talk about new orleans funk 
my big influences, the meters. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of, I was listening to a lot of stuff like that at the time when I was like writing those, those songs. Right. Yeah. Um, Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say like, actually I saw in, the, in a, a documentary that George Clinton said that par, the, the meters were really like the first funk band. He really? That's yeah. what George Clinton said. He said that they were, he said they were like the only funk band, you know, doing it at the time. And then wow. everybody else kind of came after them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I can kind of see that, man. You know, but to, to me, maybe Louis Armstrong was the first funk band. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, that shit, that's funky, man. You know, like I, I really believe that a lot of black music came straight out of like Lewis. And then if you get to a person like Ahmad Jamal, you know, like live at the Pershing Lounge, you're like, wait a minute, that sounds like hip hop all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Just kind of, yeah. so it's all kind of intermingled. Yeah. The one thing. Um, yeah. To make, to, to kind of add to what, what Darian was saying earlier, man, you know, New Orleans is like such a, a unique place in the sense that, you know, when when you grew up in New Orleans, like you did, Max, like you get a chance to like really see the the musical, the uh, the diversity of music that happens within the city, you know. And I'm always like perplexed when I meet someone from out of town who has an idea of what New Orleans music is. And a lot of times it gets stereotyped to like Louis Armstrong or, you know, Sidney Bechet, traditional jazz more specifically. But what's also cool is like, there's like a whole traditional jazz scene. There's a modern jazz scene. There's there's New Orleans funk. There's New Orleans rap. There's New Orleans rock and roll. There's like there's all kinds of New Orleans music, and um, and including yourself. And I was wondering if you could talk about like maybe like dig more into like some of like the musical influences because not only are you influenced by by funk music, but you know you're also a very accomplished jazz bassist. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Another big influence is Donald Harrison, who, you know, y'all know that I I spent like 11 years in, in his band. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned, I mean, an immense amount of stuff from him. I really like, probably m- learned more about music from him than anybody right. else. Uh, and uh, so he was somebody that I saw like in doing the creative process, you know, like when he, when we would record records of, of his as uh, he would be writing the songs in the studio, you know, and getting to see that was, was super uh, influential just because, you know, as he's going through something on the piano, working out what works and what doesn't, he would kind of, be telling us about his process sometimes you know mm-hmm. like yeah. oh see this works because i'm doing this and this doesn't work because you can't you can't put those two things together you know but yeah. also he's uh made a style of his own from um like darian said it, things being mixed together you know nouveau swing his style is literally mi- mixing the swing pattern the swing beat with uh more modern music that's more backbeat driven you know yeah um so yeah seeing him and learning about his process definitely like has uh inspired the way that i think about you know composing or 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 writing or or playing even you know 
Absolutely, man. Donald is is um, and if you don't know, go go ahead and Google Donald Harrison. Open another window. Don't close us out. But <laughs> he, he's an, a a beautiful musician because he doesn't exclude anything in the music. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you hear people playing music, and you can tell they only listen to they only listen to bluegrass. You know, they only listen to country music. But Donald is one of those rare dudes, like kind of like Miles Davis and people like that who combine it all and it's like everything is relevant you know what i mean like tank and bangers that's relevant but also tupac and and like every other genre of music that has ever influenced him yeah and, uh, also he's he's a he's kind of just like a sage right like a wise dude right so very yeah. wise yeah I mean, Duck is also like the cool, cool dude. Like, not only did he combine all the forms of music, but he can actually like authentically play swing. He can shred on some, you know, Mr. PC, yeah. and then you can go and play on like any, you know, any tune out there. Probably um, on your instrument, bro. Yeah, probably yeah. on your instrument too. <laughs> For real. But again, like, yeah. yeah, he's got so much diversity in like what you know he can pick from anything. Yeah, and that's something he tried to teach us too. Is that you know how to learn a style authentically and really dig into it, you know, what, mm -hmm. into all the things that make a style a style and also not limiting yourself to one because they're all valid, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, I'm out, you know, me and Greg were kind of talking before you got on and we were kind of curious about your time with uh, Mr. Jesse McBride. Sure. And, and I think you, you guys, you guys have a band, another band with, with Conan and Joe Dyson. And I think the three of you were also with Jesse. Like you got everybody, every y'all had all the gigs. So nobody hired me or cause you, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But, but uh, so I, it'd be interesting to hear kind of, kind of what that time with Jesse was like. Yeah. Jesse, um, I actually met Jesse, me and Greg were on a trip. <laughs> you remember, we were on a trip with yeah i do remember now <laughs> we went to clovis new mexico clovis whoa with alvin with alvin batiste um, and okay Jesse, uh was on piano in in the band but oh, word. mr bat brought me greg uh will bloom will bloom wow peebles yeah joy man so that, I mean, but Jesse acted like he already knew me. And to, to my knowledge, that was like the first time I met him. But he, it was, he acted like he already, we already knew each other. I'm and pretty sure that's how Jesse acts with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> From then on, he's been like a big brother, you know? Cool. Um, but yeah, playing, playing with him, having him like kick my butt and, and tell me, uh, just tell me things with no, with not much filter, you know, be very real and honest. But <laughs> for some reason, I, I knew I, I, we always got along and uh, I knew that like he wasn't telling me anything to be a jerk or be mean. He was telling me stuff because he wanted me to know, you know. Now, was this at, there used to be this place in New Orleans called Donna's. Which is kind of famous. Was it? Were you over there with him? Or is that where you started, or was it at somewhere else? I did play with him a couple times there, uh, and we played a bunch at this place called the Steak Knife. Oh, word! Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. They probably don't even have music anymore, but 
<laughs> we had a we had like a regular gig for a little while, me, him and Joe and um Dyson, Joe Dyson. And then yeah, we also played at Prime a bunch and private gigs or whatever. But uh and also just getting together to, like to shed sometimes. We were just playing just to play. Was and this, a lot of a lot of just hanging out and listening to music too. Was this before college or after college? Um I think mostly after college. Mostly after. Can, 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 can we back up most. just a little bit too and yeah. talk about like how like you, Conan and and Joe kind of became the the bridge trio and, and talk because you guys have like, you know, y'all are like a quintessential rhythm section here in New Orleans and y'all have been yeah. like playing together since well, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um we played together since high school. Uh and then we decided to like kind of officially form a band like our senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was around the around the end of the year, uh, when everybody was doing um what's it called? The last concert you do Recitals. Oh, oh, recitals. No, recitals. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All of us, we got three musicians. Oh, what's it called when you do something at the end of a semester? And yeah, you man. No gigs for five months. A gig? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're called yeah. finals. Yeah. <laughs> Senior recitals. Uh, we asked if we could play a recital together as a group. Um, and teachers said yes. And that was like our first kind of performance as a band you know and then from then on we just kept it going and recorded two records um yeah i mean i I just feel like we have like a we're all really good friends but we also just kind of have a musical connection that uh is pretty special to us and yeah it's just really fun to play with each other yeah and challenging also we all so yeah yeah, y'all some bad dudes. All those dudes are bad. So go to go to Spotify and check out those records out too, because those are really dope records. And and they're completely different from your band, Neospectric. Yeah. yeah, it's totally unique. Can can you talk about so the bridge trios? Actually, so the first time when you were you were talking about your senior your senior recital over at Noka, I remember going to the senior recital, and then that night y'all played with Alvin Baptiste at Snug Harbor. And so the bridge trio, and it's funny because he he introduced y'all as he's like, I'm Alvin Baptiste, and tonight I have the pleasure of introducing for the first time a new band. And this, he, you know, he introduced the bridge trio. And so he was he was kind of talking. It wasn't like the Alvin Baptiste quartet, it was Alvin Baptiste featuring the bridge trio that night. Um, but can you talk about your time with Mr. Bat and how um how that influenced, you know, the, the the trio, the bridge trio, but also like your experiences as a musician past that point. Sure. Uh, yeah, and he, he was he was very gracious to do that to to, you know, introduce these kids <laughs> as as <laughs> their their own band instead of just his band. You know, he was so so open and uh, selfless. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it definitely had a big impact on us because uh, now we, we all share that bond of of being in his band together, you know? And I feel like he influenced us uh, in one way because he was so free and open 
he gave us like so much space and and uh just liberty to to do what we wanted to do with the music you know and that was that was really special um so we kind of try to bring that to to the bridge trio also it's like even though we have we have compositions we have forms and structures and plans of how things are going to go but there's also a lot of times where something can go completely that all of that can go out the window at any moment you know and just like being open to that that freedom and and like trusting each other that we can kind of decide to just uh call an audible and 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 go go out into space that we've like never been in before and and then try to make it back is like i feel like something we began honing in his band yeah absolutely absolutely he was he yeah, was man. very trusting to allow that to happen because it's, you know it's funny like after you know i guess we all kind of took his energy and, and teachings for granted in high school just because that was just our point of reference but like leaving or leaving high school and, and experiencing other people, other teachers and musicians who are much more rigid, you know, still making great music, but having a whole other approach to the music. But it, it was funny too, because like as, as, as loose and go with the moment as Mr. Bat could be, he could also like, he could, but he was very trusting in people. So I know he had a lot of trust in y'all because he would not have done that with other people. <laughs> he always, I remember one time he said, he said something like, he's like, never go on stage with children or live animals because you never know what they're going to do. <laughs> wow. So just, you know, he was really trusting in y'all too. You know, he knew y'all could hang with whatever was going on. <laughs> and, also, and also he was there to like catch us if, if something wasn't going right, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And he and he would do that too. He <laughs> would step in, you know, if he'll let you go and you go as far as you want to go. But then ultimately he's he was the 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 captain of the ship, you know. So if things were going too far out, he'd be like, okay. <laughs> here, here it is now. Y'all right. stop that. <laughs> but uh but in a totally cool way though. It was never like a, a bad vibe or anything. Yeah. We, we understood it was just about about the music. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's what's up, man. I'm I'm curious now because I feel like we're on a spiritual vibe. Like we're we're getting into some some spirituality and um like wh what is your why? Like why do you even create anything? Hmm. That's a great question. Um I think I have to. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, the, I think the answer the answer can change because it depends on how you feel, at least for me. And if if you want to be more um, kind of uh, highbrow about it, it's that it's that like, you know the world needs music and you want to like help other people with with bringing like positivity into the world and that's that's true but i feel like that's also kind of uh sometimes 
maybe that's a little bit of ego too, you know. Um, I think the more real answers that I have to, like, for myself. Right. <laughs> no, I I can totally get with that, man. I I feel that way, and I'm sure Greg feels a similar way too. Is sometimes you have to create in order to live. You know, I, I like to to think of it like if there is a God and God created us, then my job is also to create. If I am in fact in his image, you know what I mean? Because it's like, why would God not create a God? So it's like every day I have to create something because it's in here and it's just like, oh, let me out, you know? And, and, and on the days that I don't do that are the worst days that I have on this planet. So, so even if it's just cooking some eggs in a special way, I got to get it done. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's that serious. And, and I take great pride in that. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing we always have to remember too. It's like, you know, like the creativity is always in, in everything that we do when we wake up in the morning and we choose to like step out of bed a certain way. That's creativity. I mean, that's what kid Jordan used to always say. He's like, he was saying, man, normal people wake up and they do the same thing every day. They wake up, they get out of bed the same way, they take a shower, they, they wash the same part of their body this, <laughs> at the same time, the same way, they take the same yeah. way to work. Yeah. But, but it's like, that's the, that's the cool thing about being human too. It's like everything is creative, man, from cooking your eggs in the morning <laughs> to, yeah, right. to playing with Mr. Bat at Snug Harbor and, and, and so on. Yeah. Yes. We, just, we have to embrace that too. And I think that's the power of the arts. And you know that's why it's important to have arts in school is is you know where even if you don't think of yourself as an artistic person we all are in touch with that creativity the creative aspect of being alive and human and i think that you know music is one of the ways of um acknowledging that in ourselves man and you know mr bat is one of those dudes that is one of the people who turn that light on in in you know in you and in me and many other people yeah, yeah. absolutely hey max man i want to know is it cool if we play something off that record? Okay. Yeah, I like that song. I think it's called All Right. Thanks. You know that one? <laughs> <laughs> you wrote it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so yeah. Yeah, so this we're going we're going to give you a little taste of Max Moran and Neo Spectric. <laughs> Main man, International Jones. I'ma need you to buckle up your seatbelt and roll the windows all the way down. You know what the phone Sharon is carrying, and I can dig that. This band has more flavor than Baskin Robbins. Keep more heads bobbing, doing their job. Sounds so big like two mounts colliding. Like years ahead, goodbye, they spread. Somebody ask me, can the phone stop you from being upset? I say it's water wet. But I have you smiling like you just got a check. You ain't got a care. Got love everywhere. Take a boat, it'll win every time. This for you, yours, and Thank you. 
Yes, wasn't that funky, y'all? Come on now, that was crazy, man. Hey, who on that record, man? Everybody, everybody in the comments, like Kiana said, who is on that record? <laughs> One million up. question marks. On uh, on that song, it's AJ Hall on drums. That's what I thought. I was like, that sound like AJ, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Con and Papas and Shea Pierre on keys. Woo. Um, that's Nicholas Payton on trumpet. Um, the horn section is Chris Royal, Stevie Gladney, Jelani Bowman, and Steve Lands. Wow! And guitars was John Maestas and Josh Connolly. Okay, yeah. is that Connolly soloing? Yeah, that's woo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, bro, that's something else. Man. I think that's... that was his first take too. He just really blazed it. Wow, <laughs> man, I remember Josh Connolly over at Noka, like. I'm sorry, it's a totally random story, but like he came in, like I guess it was like our sophomore, whatever year, but he like was moved from Georgia maybe, and like he only played like I don't know, Delta North Blues, North Carolina, but he played like just blues, man. <laughs> and then like within six months, he was like shredding like bebop and all types of like jazz vocabulary. It was like crazy. Wow. Yeah, he's he's a genius, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Bad, yeah, bad dude, man. All y'all some geniuses sounding like that, you know? Yeah, to me, like, I could hear, I could definitely hear, like you said earlier, the Parliament um, influence, but the beat placement sounds more New Orleans to me. I don't know if that's, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. What, what would you say about that? Yeah, I feel that. Um, also, I, I didn't mention that Fiend, Fiend is the guy that's, uh, doing the the voice it's, oh yeah yeah he's a, he's a great rapper from new mm -hmm. orleans um but yeah uh that makes sense to me uh and <laughs> it, it, it wasn't that i necessarily thought about it but i guess uh you know aj has been living here and checking out a lot of new orleans drummers yeah and definitely has like that feel and you know all of us are here i don't know i, I feel like things just kind of get filtered through you naturally mm -hmm. th through like where you're coming from, you know? Um, yeah. I wasn't really trying to, I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't really trying to <laughs> Man, I think, go I think, for something specific. Things just kind of like come out a certain way. I feel yeah, like definitely influenced by parliament, but then I didn't tell everybody, right. Hey, right, right. Gotta, you got to play like this, right. you know, it's a, a lot of just like letting cats, play how they play so absolutely that could be how the new orleans thing comes out you know mm -hmm. yeah I, I love the way you said it like with the new orleans thing it's like yeah we all lived here for a couple of years and we just let it filter through us in in the way that we see fit and it's like yeah. i feel like that's the only real way you can truly be a new orleans musician like there's no you can't play new orleans music if you've never lived here because there's no such thing as new yeah. orleans music like that like in new orleans is an experience and it doesn't matter if you're playing traditional jazz or funk or whatever like that's what makes new orleans music is living in new orleans filtering that experience through you and then playing a style of music whatever you see fit you know but that's that experience of living down here man you can't it, it's not like oh the eighth notes ahead of the beat or it's just a little bit behind the beat <laughs> right it's, it's culture yeah it's culture and i want to talk about you know this this last half of the interview 
not the whole time, but some of the time, the business of music. And I'm curious what what things you've picked up uh, through the years, specifically about things that you can pass on to the next generation so that so that they don't have to jump through the same hoops that you had to, some of those they can avoid, you know? Hmm. Um, man, I might not be the best person to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you learned something, bro. Yeah, let's see. Um, I'm I'm blanking right now because because you know the whole world is upside down and the whole music industry is upside down mm. as as a, as well as everything you know. Um, I don't know, man. I guess in, in general, finding ways to finding ways to be of use will um ensure that you will have a job <laughs> and but then also not find, finding ways to not just rely on somebody else giving you a job cuz look at where we are now right absolutely so you know and that 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 process is different for everybody cuz it depends on what your skills are mm-hmm. and depends on what you have to offer what you enjoy doing um but i say if if you can find something that you enjoy doing that is useful to other people if you get good at that then you can make money from it yeah luckily as a musician you have to do 30 jobs anyway so you know like for instance a job that i learned to do with greg because we have this nonprofit that this podcast is happening through Second Line Arts Collective. And the name of this podcast is The Working Artist Project. But uh, I learned to edit video. You know, I, Greg might have been the first person to even teach me. He was like, oh, yeah, man, you just do this and that. And I'm like, okay. And so right now, before we got on this call and when we get off of it, I'm going to be editing video for a project. You know, that's how I'm making money right now. And, and so you never know those little skills that you pick up, how they're going to you know, bless you later on at a different time in life. Yeah, you also absolutely. never know how like all like these random things that you pick up along the way are going to combine also to like yeah. make something else, you know, whether, you know, absolutely. you're a great, great drummer, you got video editing skills and, you know, it, those things can combine in whatever way you see fit, you know, and, yeah. and again, with the internet, you can market it however you want. Um, right. Max, you know, like leaving, leaving school, I, maybe we've touched on this a couple of times, you know, late at night with a couple, a couple of drinks, but like, man, how leaving, leaving school, I know you lived in New York for a while and, uh, but maybe you could talk about like your expectations or what you thought being a musician was going to be like leaving school hmm. and leaving, then uh, college, like leaving college. Yeah. And then kind of what happened or at least like what your experience was, or if, if, if you found that there was like any discrepancy between like how you thought things were going to go or what the experience was going to be like versus like, what what your experience was in the last like 10 years because you've done you've done every type of gig there is and and and, you know i feel like you've actually have an amazing resume and play with all the cats man so i was wondering if 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 that was something that you think about yeah uh i think one expectation from college especially berkeley was that like i'm gonna get some big 
awesome touring gig you know <laughs> like i feel i feel like a whole lot of players if you if you go to berkeley and you want to be a player a performer then like i feel like most people probably had that mindset it's either like i'm going to be a, i'm going to be a band leader i'm going to be touring yeah. mm-hmm. or i'm going to have a sick gig with like beyonce or right. you know um but that you know that just do- that doesn't happen for everybody and i think one thing i've learned recently is that like whatever you thought might work out if it doesn't happen that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad you know it's just like maybe you're meant to be doing something else or uh or you might get in that situation and then realize it's not what you wanted you know yeah um so it kind of goes back to like which what we were talking about with just acquiring a lot of skills and being open to uh to changing and 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 evolving because you know you can get a great touring gig but then what happens when they decide they want somebody else or what happens when they decide oh we're downsizing the band it's just gonna be a dj for this tour (laughs) (laughs) i would always i would man it was funny because like even after doing the buble thing for a long time it was always i mean this, it was always speculation, but like, I think everyone in the band was always like, you know, next tour, he could go out with a quartet. Mm-hmm. Next, next tour, he can go out with a DJ. Like you said, like the work is not, you're not like in the band forever. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you, you always got to keep working. And, and uh, if, if you're going to make music, your living, then you, you really can't like, get lazy or, or expect <laughs> that like the next gig is like the the last gig you're gonna need you know mm-hmm. you absolutely man it, you you reminded me of uh today i was listening to a podcast and, and, and the guy was saying that sometimes we get lulled into this steadiness of, about life and we forget that every chapter in life closes at some point and that chapter sometimes can be your job it can be that because he was interviewing this this concert violinist who went to Juilliard and she was world renowned and then she got an injury. And so all of a sudden she can't play anymore. This is uh, before COVID. And, and, you know, and just like now we're all like, wait, we used to tour and do these things. And now that's not available. So it's like in, in your identity is sometimes tied up in, in that, uh, the idea of yourself. And, and so you gotta be like, okay, well, if I'm a plumber now, then, am I still, who am I? <laughs> you know, you lose yourself because you got to pivot. So, so we have to be cognizant of that as entrepreneurs, that maybe our skill set is needed somewhere else for a little while or forever. And you got to be okay with that and know that you can create and be creative in a different venue or avenue if needed, you know? Sure. Man, that's, that's a great point. And I also, I also used to feel like I had to, uh, make all of my money from from music or if mm. i didn't i wasn't like a real musician right and i i find that i that that's false you know that doesn't <laughs> make you a, a real musician or not like i'm now i'm trying to get into where i'm 
primarily make money outside of music. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. not saying everybody needs to do that, but it, you know, as you just because you do that doesn't mean you're a failure at being a musician. Oh no, no. you know, yeah. But that's, sure, a, that's a thought I had as a, as a college person, uh, shortly out of college. Yeah, these kids are are hit with a whole different challenge now because you know maybe if they're finishing school soon, then they're about to get a degree in something in in an industry that doesn't exist. Do do you think it's ethical for universities and things to, to continue these programs in the same way without any change uh, after you know we're experiencing what we're experiencing now? It's a deep question. <laughs> hmm. Man, well, you know, is it is it ethical for McDonald's to sell hamburgers that they know are actually terrible for you. Don't Absolutely buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the answer. Don't buy. No it. matter how many Michael Jordan eats. <laughs> <laughs> so I was watching the Jordan documentaries. I know he has like a Big Mac commercial at some point. <laughs> yeah, he didn't eat it though. I promise you guys. And don't get me wrong. Like I learned a lot of great things at school. Um, but. Did I have to go to school? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what it boils down to is that no one really has to go to school. No. But uh, but these these you but you know it's just, it's an American culture. Like, okay, you finish high school, you go to college, even if it's a degree that you don't necessarily like no one's ever asked you, hey Max, um, before I get you on this gig, I'm I'm gonna need your credentials from Berkeley. Right. Uh, it's, it's the only way that I know that you can do this trade. <laughs> no one gives a shit <laughs> that you went to Berkeley. They care if you can play your instrument. Mm-hmm. And so, but these guys, kids are going to school for $50,000, $100,000 for an education. And, uh, and now it may, you may not be able to make any money doing it at least for a year or two. Mm-hmm. You know, so. mm. Yeah, at least not performing. I mean, that, right. that whole thing is, is definitely going to be different for a while. Um, but I, I learned other skills there. Like I learned about production and engineering, which I still use. And, Absolutely. uh, I end up using like more and more all the time. Um, I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought. What, 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 so like with all those things going on, like, what are you doing now to stay creative and, and keep your time going and, and, and make it through this, this time of whatever (laughs) the time of the great time or whatever yeah it's a it's up and down honestly and i uh i've been playing a little bit with with you know friends of mine we started a new band dignacious and uh so we we play a bit together um those cats have been like writing a lot together too uh I, you know, I have projects in mind that I want to finish that I um, have been kind of slowly working on. Basically the next Neospectric album or or EP, uh, trying to write that. Uh, I'm also like, I've been helping with some like writing and I guess you could say arranging for another person's album. That's been really fun. 
and you know it's kind of been like a mix of trying to push myself to produce things to um you know be productive be creative and also just uh being okay with not being productive at times yeah yeah because there's there's a time for that too you know Mm That's such a hard thing to get as a musician because we like grow up and it's always like in music school, like you're fighting for first, you know, the first chair, you want to get the solo or whatever it is. And then, you know, you got to shed six hours a day until your hands start bleeding and your mouth, your gums are torn up or whatever, or your lips are chopped or, (laughs) but, but, but then there's like a certain part of life too, where it's like, yeah, like what you're saying, man, it's so hard to, to, to have to like embrace both sides of, the hustle like being totally into the hustle and actually excelling at that but then on the flip side not always holding yourself to that standard man because i saw um a guy on instagram i don't even remember his name but he's like a, a you know a writer motivational speaker or something he said you know we're all like obsessed with the grind but that word means like to wear something down yeah. So if you only grind, you're always grinding, you're just, you're just wearing yourself out. Eventually you get to a point where your returns are, are less and less right. and, you, mm-hmm. and you're, you start hurting yourself, you know? You got to rest at some point. Absolutely, man. Listen, man, before we go, is there anything you want to, you know, you want the people to check out other than your, your record with uh, Neil Spectric and, um, yeah, they can check out Greg's record that me and Darian are on. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to that record. No, <laughs> Greg's two records. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I, ha- I, have a, I have a website. It's maxmoranmusic.com. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really told any about it, anybody about it. But <laughs> I put on there some tracks that I made that are, like, more... Um, TV and film music oh, productions. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so check that out. Tell me, tell me what you think. Yeah. MaxMoran.com. You got like a Instagram. No, Max, uh, sorry, MaxMoranMusic.com. Okay, so MaxMoranMusic.com. You can, you can end up on an artist website like I just did. That's right. <laughs> you know, go on there and listen to some of his his TV and film, and then write him a message and let him know exactly, no filter, just let him know exactly what you think, man. Troll him and all of that. Because he likes (laughs) But yeah, you also have, I'm sure you have an Instagram and and, and some other things people can connect, how they can connect. I don't right now. I think I might put my my Facebook back (laughs) up, my uh, Facebook page, musician page. But as as of now, I'm like taking a break. Okay. But you can contact me at maxmoranmusic.com. There it is. I envy you. I envy you for taking off of Instagram and and Facebook. That's something that one day I may do, but I just uh, I don't I I don't have the I I don't have I can't do it yet. (laughs) I'm not ready to let go. (laughs) I understand. I understand. Cool, man. Max, man, thank you so much for coming on the Working Artist Project. No, thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Max. Yeah, I'm Darian Douglas. 
Uh, I'm Gregory Ajit. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, next Monday, we have the wonderful Lakeisha Benjamin joining us. And um, yeah, we hope you guys have a wonderful week. Those of y'all in New Orleans, stay safe, stay dry. It could rain at any point. So just just, <laughs> just know, just because the weather's been nice so far, it might start raining in 20 minutes and flood all the streets. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, thank y'all so much. And uh, we'll catch y'all next time. That last song was dedicated to everyone who missed it because they were in the bathroom changing their tampon. And the next 12 hours of songs are for anyone who's trying the Diva Cup for the first time and is currently kicking back with uninterrupted period protection. Sound good to you? Check out the world's number one menstrual cup for yourself at shopdiva.com and get 10% off with code RADIO10. Conditions apply. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Good night. there's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards Program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. See full terms and conditions at fuelrewards.com.